Well, welcome to the Legacy Lifters podcast brought to you by Legacy-Minded Men, whose mission is to engage, equip, and encourage men to build a Christ-centered legacy. While this podcast features guests, both men and women, it was built for men, men who are seeking to be all they could be in God's way. My guest today is Mike Weaver, the lead screamer of the Big Daddy Weave. <laughs> Mike, welcome. Man, thank you so much for having me on, brother. Man. Well, it's, uh, it's great to have you here. Uh, I, I will tell you right off the bat, my wife said to tell you she loves you and she loves your music. So that's a good thing in my household. <laughs> so sweet of her to say. Tell her thank you so much, and God bless you back. That's awesome. Thanks. So let me ask a question. Big Daddy Weave, obviously named after the leader. Can you yes. tell us a little bit about that? Yes, yes, yes. A picture is worth a thousand words. And so if you're my size in South Alabama, you don't really get a vote. It's like they just call you <laughs> Big Daddy. And there was a guy that every every – Every Sunday I would lead in our, our little Methodist church I grew up in outside of Pensacola, Florida. Uh, man, this guy from the, from the back, his name's Tom Doty. He, I, could hear, I can hear it like it was just yesterday, even though it's more than two decades ago. Hey, Big Daddy, you know, he would just, uh, I would just feel the love right there. And so the very first time we got together as a group, we were on the campus of University of Mobile in Little Mobile, Alabama, the little Baptist school there. Um, and we were all music students. And we put together a jam session, right? Again, we just wanted to play, man. And so we got together. And 15 minutes into the jam, somebody wanders by and goes, man, I love that saxophone in there. And, man, would you put together a set of music that we're having this group come across campus? You guys could come and open up for them. We're like, sweet, man, because we've only been together 15 minutes. We already got our first gig, right? And so things are looking up, you know. And then so they ask us the question that we've been I, you know, dealing with the answer ever since then. What do you want us to put on the flyer? What do you, what do you call your group? We weren't really a group, so we just kind of came up with something on the spot. My last <laughs> name's Weaver. The Big Daddy thing is self-evident. And so we just told him, hey, tell him we're Big Daddy Weave. The moral of that story is be careful what you call your group. You never know, you know, how it's going to stick. And this is <laughs> twenty over 20 years later, man. We still get to, to go and do this, you know. Well, that's so. cool. So Alabama is where you grew up. Mm -hmm. Tell us about what it was like in the, in the Weaver household. Well, you know, we grew up across the Florida line into uh, like the, the kind of Pensacola, Florida area, but it's all that Florabama scene right there, you know? And, you know, we growing up in the Weaver house, man, was a, was a good place. Um, I loved, man, my mom and dad were such examples of Jesus in my life, but I was terrified by the rest of life. You know, when I would go to school, man, I hated every moment, you know, as the fat kid in school, I just felt out of place, man, not really a lot of people picked on me at all, but it was like, it was my own self stuff that I would believe about me kind of based on how I saw people treat other people, you know, I would fill in the gaps. And so I never, ever felt at home at school. I hated school every moment of school, pretty much, you know? And so church and family, church and home were like my safe haven, man. That would be mm. where I would, uh, man, just really find a, a level of comfort. Church was such an encouragement to me, um, you know, and growing up in that setting uh, is, is an awesome thing, but it also creates some other obstacles, you know, I think for the gospel, you know, because you grow up and it's easy to fall into kind of a religious sort of mindset, you know. And so that coupled with this whole thing that I had going on of not feeling good about myself kind of intertwined 
and um, and kind of began became this stronghold in my life of self hatred. Honestly, you know. So so let me ask. So you talked about your parents a little. Let's talk about your dad for a minute. Yeah. What was your relationship like with him? Man, my dad was the most laid back dude, and um, he, uh, man, he always just really. Uh, man, one of the greatest things he said to me, man, and I, I remember this, and I, I I miss him right now. Um, because he's, uh, he is with the Lord, man. And that's, that's the, in the last handful of years. And he was such an important voice in my life. But I remember him saying just as clear as anything. I remember him saying, you know, Mike, a lot of parents want to make their kids, uh, you know, independent. And he goes, man, it's my greatest, greatest prayer and goal for your life is that you would be completely dependent on Jesus, man. You know, wow, that's awesome. there were some Saturdays I would go looking for my dad and I couldn't find him, man. And I was like, where, cause you know, he would work, you know, nine to five civil service over at the Pensacola Naval Air Station. And, um, but on the weekends he's off and we couldn't find him one time. We're like, mom, where's dad? We found out that my dad's in his closet, man, on his face. And he would just, he would be, he had carved out a place for himself in there to get on his face in front of God, man. So anything that has happened in my life that Jesus has done, I know is because of the prayers of my dad, you know? And, wow. and I know that in Big Daddy Weave, we drink from wells that we didn't dig, man. You know, that we had, mm-hmm. we had a praying, we had some praying daddies, you know, over, over our lives, man. Yeah. How many siblings do you have? One brother, man. My brother Jay. I wish, in fact, he would make a more uh, podcast interviewee because he's way more uh, flamboyant in his talking, and he's hilarious. And uh, man, he plays bass for Big Daddy Weave. He's kind of the hub in the middle of the wheel of Big Daddy Weave as well. Like he, uh, if it if it happens in Big Daddy Weave, it generally comes across his desk at some point, man. And uh, so yeah, he he's he's my best friend. Um, man, he has been through some terrible health things in the last few years. We almost lost him, man. He became a double amputee, uh, man, to save his life. It was in, uh, it was a complication with this medication he was given for diabetes and it was helping some things, but we didn't realize, but it was also hurting some other things. Wow. And it was, man, just a crazy, crazy moment in, you know, a continuing season in our life. But to see him, man, go through that season and with Jesus um, and to, to still have a strong, strong faith in Jesus and still wheel out on the, the stage every night or get out there on his prosthetics or whatever. And, and to declare the praises of God, man, I'm telling you, I look up to him, even though he's my little brother, I look up to him in so many ways, man. That's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. So tell me about your wife and kids. Oh man, I'm married way out of my league, man. I married, um, and this is Jesus just trying to destroy that self-hatred thing, but I just kind of wouldn't listen to him, you know, a lot. Um, and even, even still to this day, sometimes, you know, dealing with that thing. But my wife, Candace, man, I'm telling you, I, she was the, the girl that I didn't even dream of. I'm telling you, she, mm. she's the grace of God in my life with cool shoes on, you know what I mean? And she's, uh, she's an incredible mom to our three kids. Uh, Eli, who is just turned 13, Zeke, who's 11, and then Naomi, who just turned nine, um, man, it's, it's an incredible thing. They're, they're kind of playing music a little bit too. They've played a couple of events with me, which is actually a really sweet thing. And, um, I don't know, man, we're just, we consider ourselves a, a really blessed family, dude. So the family together, your brother, 
Was he an original member of the band? Yes, absolutely. Um, in fact, before there was a band, you know, I was writing these songs and we were, he and I were kind of recording them behind the, uh, the kind of worship center in the church. And, uh, man, that was, that was really, that was really our life was just being involved in church. I had a pastor who would not take no for an answer about me not going to school. Like I, I had no plans to go to school. I had no, any of that business after I graduated high school. And he was like, Mike, you gotta, you gotta go, you gotta go get some, some school in. And so when I went, man, Jay went with me, even though he wasn't a student. And that's kind of where Big Daddy Weave came from on the campus of yeah, University of Mobile. Yeah. Very cool. The song that has hit me most that has come from your fingers is Redeemed. Mm-hmm. And it has meant a lot to me personally, to our ministry. As you know, you recorded the end to our next conference, Fired Up, and we, you did a nice solo of us, for, of, of Redeemed. But can you tell me a little bit about how that song came about? What's the background story there? Yeah, man, when I was talking just now about dealing with self-hatred, for a long time, I didn't know how to give voice to that being the case. I just knew that I would compare myself with other people, and I would I would wish I was them, if that makes sense. Sure. You know? And man, there, um, I've always struggled with my weight, and I always like, have hated the way that I look, and like all, all of this stuff. And there was this day when the hating thing uh, got so bad, I was sitting in in my garage. Actually, it's blocked off. You can't see it from here, but it's like, it was literally about 10 feet right over there. I was sitting on the floor of this basement garage, uh, where we live near Nashville. And I was telling God everything that I hated about myself. A man and I had a list too, you know, and, and in that moment, the only way I can describe it is that Holy Spirit just interrupted that, pity party, self-hating party, you're not good enough party, and, and the still small voice. And you know what I'm talking about, man. When God speaks to your heart, you know, it's not something you hear out loud, but it is so clear, it is undeniable. Mm-hmm. And he said, Michael, you need to let me tell you what I think about you for once. Hmm. And I'm ready to hear like the most profound thing ever, right? And he, and he starts with this. He just says this. He says, I like the way that you smile. And man, I don't know what it is, but it was like the connecting point for me because in pictures where I hated everything else, I always thought that I had a nice smile. You do, Mike. Yeah, I gotta it, was go. his, it was his way. It was his way in, man. It was like God just began to take a wrecking ball to this like wall of self-hatred that I had built in my heart, you know, and I, I didn't realize I was doing anything wrong. You know, I I thought that, you know, look, I know that Jesus loves me. I didn't realize that I needed to love me, but he shared with me that day that the way he sees me is through what he's done for me. He sees his perfection applied to my life. That is the gospel. And I'm telling you, I am so thick headed in that way. Like I have the worst time receiving that sometimes, you know, because I see all of the faults and I see all of the failures and I see all of the struggles. But what he sees is what Jesus has done on my behalf. I could not get there on my own. That's why he had to. And he did. So for me to look at myself you know, any other way than the way it is that he sees me is in error. It's like telling God he doesn't know what he's talking about, man. You know? How many years ago was that, Mike? 
This was in, man, I guess this was like probably 20, 2010, something so like that. So you were married at the time. Oh, yes, man. I was ministering, man. God, I mean, and there is no, there is no worse thing. Well, I mean, I'm sure there could be worse things, but like there's, there's hardly worse things than getting up and feeling like you need to encourage people every night, but then you hate in your own guts, you know, mm. it just, it just has this kind of separated sort of like, I can't be at home in me thing, you know, and it's something the enemy still tries to put on me frequently. And this is mm -hmm. that moment was the beginning of a journey. And I think that's why the Lord gave us the song redeemed so that we would have to sing it every night, you know, so that I could be reminded of that every night and then have the opportunity to remind other people, you know, you know, Mike, uh, dealing with men as I have for 12 years now, one thing, uh, there's a common link to most men and that is, they are wearing a mask. They're mm. hiding behind something. Mostly they're hiding behind their fears. And their mm -hmm. fears are much like what you're talking about. You're alluding yes. to the self-hatred. And, yes. you know, I was ministering to a young man, 21 years old. I'm sorry, 20 years old. As good looking as you could get, built like a tank. And he is so self-conscious of himself. Mm. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the fat kid or the ugly kid or yes. the stupid. There, it, it, it's Satan knows where to get us. Yes, he yes. knows our vulnerable points, and he comes after us in a big way. And it takes a man of courage to step out from that persona, that identity, and yes. into the identity that God actually crafted for us. Before the, you know, I believe that we were crafted for purpose. I truly come, believe that. Come on, man. That's and, and I believe that that purpose is broken down into two, uh, two, two fragments. Number one is a general purpose, which we find in Luke chapter 10, verse 27, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's right. And Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, which we know is a great commission. Those are general purposes that every believer has, but there is a specific purpose that God carves out for us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, you are God's workmanship, crafted in Christ Jesus, yep. do good works, which I prepared in advance for you to do. That is so unbelievable. And men never hear that. Yes. They never hear. They, they talk about their life, you know, going through the mundane. But I truly believe that there is no such thing as a good life when there could be a great life in Christ. Yes. And when we, we, we step out of our comfort zone, we step out of our pity party, which I'm well-versed in, by the way, well-versed in, God gets to show who he is. Praise Isn't God. That the dude. best man. That's so right, man. The in in our weakness, His strength is perfected. Absolutely. And you know, and so how do how do we even decide? This is the thing that's been on my heart sometimes too. Is how do we even decide what we think is strong and what we think is we think is weak? A lot of times we get our sense of what we're strong at by comparing ourselves with someone else. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. That's already in error. Because we're not talking, we're not playing by human rules. We're playing by God's rules. Right. And so here's here's the deal. So if we compare ourselves with the Lord, though, <laughs> all we have is weakness. That's we it. have no strength. So our entire life becomes an opportunity for Him to put His strength on display. If we'll only remember that it really isn't about us at all. It's about what He's done. You know. And that also and so, takes so yeah. much pressure off of us. Yes. You know, because you're saying, okay. This is how you made me, Lord. Every day I want to get better. You know, it's funny. I, I've co-authored seven books now. Come on. And I say co-authored because I haven't written any of them. <laughs> I recognize that I have a weakness. 
My weakness is writing. But I knew God gave me some divine downloads that I needed to get out of my head and onto paper. Yes. And I hooked up with, I think, five now, five co-authors who took it out of my head and put it on paper. Yes. yes. And there's so many people that, that are hearing from the Lord and they're sensing that they need to do something, i.e. write a, a powerful song that's going to affect the lives of millions of people. But if you have a weakness or, or that, that you can't get that done in your own mind, you need to recognize that your weakness is somebody else's strength. Wow, man. Come on. Yeah. And the reality is this. The, the, the more we get into relationship with others, and I'm going to say transparent relationships, real relationships. Yeah. I truly believe that when we do, when we get real with ourselves and, and, and then allow people to see who we really are, it builds real relationships. And when real relationships are firing on all cylinders, they respond to the call of God in unity. Something we're not seeing that much of today, Mike. Something we're not seeing that much of today. So much division of every kind. So and it's like, I'm telling you, I, you know, if you are involved in social media any amount of time, I mean, only moments every day, you will see the division. You will find, it's like, I, at some point in this last couple of weeks, I just asked at our, at our breakfast table, I was like, guys, is there one thing we could just agree on and just decide, you know, look, let's, we're just going to be for something together. You know what I mean? Let's pick something real neutral or whatever. You know what I mean? Just to, as a way to start because yeah. everybody's at everybody's throats, man. But okay. the unity of the saints commands a blessing from God, man. Amen. He Amen. is, you know, you know what I hate, man, as a dad, I hate to hear my kids arguing, mm -hmm. you know, I hear it in the other room. I hear it going down and it just, oh my gosh, that's the, one of the most frustrating things ever. But one of my favorite sounds is to hear from the other room, from my kids, laughter, man. When they're unified around something, they're laughing, man, and they're, they're agreeing with each other and they're being, you know, they're being in this thing together, man. Yeah, the other thing that you said about, about um, being in real relationships, man, real. walking in the light, you know, the scripture that says, you know, if we walk in the light, it's he's in the light then we have fellowship with one another, right? Yes. But yes. a lot of times, it's exactly like you mentioned before, we're wearing that mask, man. Yeah. And it's a scary thing to want to pull off that mask. And it's crazy we're talking about masks because you and I were talking about everywhere yeah. we go, there's masks right now, you know. Yep. But, you know, our, the mask, our life masks or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, when, we, when we're willing to be vulnerable in that way, man, the Lord just can, can make that a connecting point. You know, I always Amen. wanted to have the big testimony for God that would be like, win the thing. And I never had that kind of a testimony. Yeah. <laughs> the only testimony I ever have is I was falling apart in some way and Jesus saved me. Amen. But when I began to share about, honestly, where I was falling apart, bro, so many people connected with that. Yeah. So many people then had the courage to take off their mask in whatever area it was, you know? And then the Lord uses that as a way where we really can begin to have real fellowship, real relationships. And, and I'll tell you, when I see real relationships, it just warms me because I know what can happen when guys get real with each other. And I also know what happens when guys keep the mask on and refuse to take it off. There's yeah. going to be, there's a lot of pain out there with men today uh, yeah. because they don't know who they are. Right. And one of the challenges that I see in, in the world today is the, the simple question of what do you believe? It's a simple question. 
What do you believe? We all believe something, right? But I am, I am just being convicted by the Lord more and more every day to say, uh, ask a follow-up question. Why do you believe that? Why? Mm, mm. Because the truth is most people are the creation of somebody else today. For mm. example, parents, you know, I've taken on what my parents believe, but that doesn't mean it's your belief system. Mm-hmm. I've taken on what my professors are telling me, which is a big one right now, okay? My friends. But the Lord is saying, well, no, what do, you, what do you believe? Who do you call me? Mm-hmm. We all have to make that decision. And the challenge, I believe, is out in the world today is that most people don't know why they believe what they believe. And we're seeing what? Chaos because of that. It's, yes. it's chaos, Mike. You know, you came on the, uh, before we started recording with a mask on. We're living in chaos. Yeah. And I thank you for taking off the mask, not only in reality, but also <laughs> metaphorically speaking. Yeah, so yes. Yes, man. You know, and that's, that's it, man. I mean, that's it is, is having the courage to let somebody in there, you know? And I think that that's the, you can, you have the courage to take off the mask after you've encountered the Lord, though, yes. you know, because here's the thing and that, and he has to be the why of what we believe, you know, why do we believe what we believe? Well, I'm telling you, I, I not only have read about it in scripture, man, it's like the Bible says, I've tasted of his goodness. I've like, I've, ex- I've experienced that. I've come to the end of myself and realized, man, you know, all I have is need in this really, when you think about it, you know, yeah. that what he is, is the fulfillment. He comes running to the place of need though. And because of those experiences, man, because of those encounters, you know, we were made for encounter with God, you know, not just to know about God as an idea, but to know God as a person, you know, and I'm telling you, I think it's just as easy as this is saying, God, I want to give you a chance. I want to know you for real. I know Mm -hmm. stuff about you, but God, will you reveal yourself to me? Man, that happened to me as an 18 year old, you know, like when I was nine years old, I went to church and I walked the aisle and this pastor preached this like really big message. And I kind of felt that, you know, when you're nine, you kind of start to think about life things. And man, I remember going and like praying with the guy and something changed in my life, man. But when I was 18, um, I remember See, there's, it, this is like a weird thing too. I remember there was the story of like the, the retelling of the story of Moses. It was actually like a cartoon, man. It's called the Prince of Egypt. It came out as a DreamWorks yep, thing. Sure. And man, I had known the story of Moses my whole life, but when it got to the part where God and Moses met at the burning bush, and it was crazy because Val Kilmer was actually the voice of God, which I thought was kind of ironic. <laughs> you know, I'll be your Huckleberry. But then he's like, you know, <laughs> instead of the big booming voice, he was like, Moses. And it was like this whisper. And it dawned on me, the Lord translated that story from my head to my heart that day. And it, and it became hunger to actually know God in a real way. And so, man, I, I to this day, I've never seen the end of the movie. My family had it playing at that time. I was in my mom and dad's house. I left the room and I sat in, in the, another room in our house. And I just told God, I said, I really do believe there was a dude named Moses and he knew you. Hmm. God, I know all kinds of things about you. I want to know you. Will you reveal yourself to me? And dude, I had, the, I had this encounter with the Lord. He began to show me things in my mind, like of mountains, man, that were so high. And you could see the snow caps at the top, you know, and you could see these trees. I saw trees, man, that were just so old. I saw oceans, man, that were so far across. And I'm not an outdoorsman, you know what I mean? I'm not that guy. 
And I began to see all of these things in nature. And that was the first time I, I heard the voice of God in my heart, that still small voice. And he said, Michael, I made all of this stuff because I want you to know me even more than you want to know me. Come into this relationship with me, you know, you, and I, I want to come and live in you, you know, and that was, that was the beginning of really be beginning a real relationship with God. And so if, if you're literally, if you're watching this today, we have people watching this or hearing this today, however you're getting a hold of this, and you just know in your heart, you know, I, what I have is not a relationship with God. What you need to do is just say, Jesus, I want to really know you. Will you lead me into a real moment-by-moment -moment relationship with you, the God of the universe, you know? And, and this I don't is know how, when you were nine years old. This this happened when I was eighteen years old. Oh, eighteen years old. Yeah, when I was walking, I walked the aisle when I was nine, and then when I was eighteen, man, I had this encounter with Jesus. And again, I, I the, all of that, the messed up, I self hating, all that business was still after that. Jesus was in my life, you know, <laughs> with all of that stuff going on, you know. But the Lord is so patient with us, man, you know. And he puts up with the ebb and flow of our journey with him. And there's so much grace and so much patience from God to let us walk into and learn how to receive what it is that Jesus has really bought for us in this relationship with him. So, Mike, let me ask you a straight question here. And, and I appreciate if you can't answer it, but what do you struggle with today? Oh, my gosh. Name all of those same things, dude. It's, you know, it's, I man, it can be, it can be all kinds of things. It can be what somebody says that ticks me off, dude, or makes me feel like less about myself or something I internalize about myself, man. It could be some kind of thing that, you know, something on the internet that's trying to drag you away or something that you need to run and tell your wife about like right then. You know what I mean? It could be spending money, not even a big amount of money, but it's like all stuff that is surrounded surrounding like comfort you know what i mean it's trying for me it's always been stuff like uh eating stuff too always man it's always been a thing like that you know and mm -hmm. learning how to take all of those things and lay them at the feet of jesus and really receive him as the source of comfort you know and dude i think i get, I get that wrong more than i do get it right <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. but that is the power of of what he has done for us. Yeah. You know, he, it's him on our behalf. And now when you realize you're in some place where you are turning to that thing, stop right then, you know, turn to him, you know, right then. And then let's continue, you know, that is what he has purchased us, man. You know, if you think about like old Testament life and the old covenant, I mean, if people were going to come in the presence of God, I mean, there's only like one dude who could a year, like a priest mm -hmm. who would have to go right. in his presence. They would tie a rope around him because what if he died in the presence of God of one so holy, you know? Now, when Jesus stretched out his arms and died for us, man, there was a giant noise in the temple. It was the sound of this huge curtain that separated this place where God lived and only one man could go a year, holy, tore holy. it in two, man, tore mm -hmm. it in two so that we screwed up us could have access to holy, man. Yeah. That 
is unbelievable, dude. Absolutely. But that is the reality that we have in Jesus Christ in receiving what he did as the perfect sacrifice applied to our life so that now messed up, constantly failing us can come in front of him as a new creation. You know, so that when those things that used to rule our lives keep knocking and you realize, wait a minute, I don't have to take this anymore. I can choose him now because I can interact with holy because he has become, he has applied his righteousness to my life. That is why they call it the gospel, dude. That is why they call it the good news, man. Amen. Amen. He has done it. He has done it, man. And you get to preach the good news so many nights a year through music. How cool is that? We at least used to get to do that before. Well, yeah, right now we are <laughs> still in COVID. This, before this whole thing happened or whatever, yeah. But, but yeah, man, no, and that, I'm telling you, that is an honor, but it's as much of a job as anything else too, you mm-hmm. know, just like any other kind of job. Um, you know, but honestly, I got to tell you, when you say preach, I think I'm preaching to myself <laughs> sure. most of the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And then well, other people that, are getting it, you know, also because I'm – just sharing about my pursuit, you know? Well, the reality is this, I mean, they talk about how teachers learn much more than the student because they're the ones who are studying it to teach it back to other people. And you're doing just that. You're ministering. I've been to a couple of your concerts and it's just so real. I feel like I'm in an environment where I'm welcomed in and your music is so powerful, uh, especially redeemed. But that really means a lot. So you are getting to minister to people by doing something you absolutely, I'm guessing, love. You know, we do. And, and it is, I believe, I didn't believe it's a purpose for us, like you were talking sure. about, that God's made each person absolutely for his glory and for all that. But, for, but specifically, in a very specific way, you know, to, to walk in the purpose that he's given us. And I, when, when I'm out there and I'm being real and we're sharing things like that, man, I'm telling you, and I, I am so aware of his presence, man, that, that is when I feel like I'm, we're walking, I'm walking in my purpose right now. That's know? awesome. So Mike, yeah. during COVID, what's happening with you and with the band? What, what are you guys doing now? Yeah, we're just hurry up and wait, man. It's been, it's been wild, but it, there are things like this where, I mean, I had never even heard of Zoom before this happened, but now it is in my vocabulary <laughs> every, every single day, man. And to get to be part of the conference was such a blessing, yeah. man. I can't wait to see how that, you know, hear what the Lord does. Cause I know the Lord uses you guys mightily, mightily, mightily. Mm. Um, and, but you know, it's, it's just learning learning how to live with it, man. And also I feel like in this time I hear this word and it strikes me, man, repent. Yeah. I just hear this word over our nation, over us. But see, when you say that, we want to like point out 15 people that we think need to repent who God's talking to is us, man. We got to get the log out of our own eye before we take to Facebook and start correcting anybody. You know, we gotta, we gotta let him deal with us, man. And honestly, there's sometimes I don't, that is very uncomfortable to me, man, you know, because I like my comfort. The big daddies are creatures of comfort, man, you know, <laughs> and I, but, but dude, I mean, that is it. That is the word right now. There's been such a grace word before because there's so many people who are hurt because of church yeah. and because of so many things. And man, we were walking in that place, but we heard several people share that same word. Repent. Now is the time to turn. And bro, I'm telling you, it, it struck me and I just wept and wept and wept, 
you know, of just like God, all of a sudden I felt like I was seeing so many ways that, you know, I, I'm so consumed with the stuff of the earth and not of what God is trying to do in my life right now, you know, and that that limits me from walking in the fullness of mm -hmm. what he's offering to us as his children, man, and to be ambassadors of the kingdom, man. And so we got to, you know, when the Lord, the Holy Spirit's going to do it. When he mm -hmm. shows up and he breaks our heart over the things that break his heart, yep. then now we got to find the courage to just give it to him, you know? Well, it's interesting. A, a perfect segue is when all this is over, or at least seemingly over, where we could step back out and you guys can go on stage again. Your next album, I believe, is called When the Light Comes, which is yeah. going to come out in February. How perfect is that? Because really, that's where we are right now. So many are under a cloud of darkness, and we're looking for light. The, the chaos that we're, that's ensuing all over this nation is looking for a light, and you're coming out with that. Oh man, absolutely. And actually it is actually out right now. It's actually available right now. Oh. And so, so, I mean, anywhere, anywhere you consume music, iTunes, Spotify, like all of that business, like you can get a hold of it. And man, yeah, it was, it was written from, man, the journey that we've been, been in for the last years. When my brother um, became a double amputee, I mean, my brother's one of the strongest dudes in the Lord that I know. I mean, I've just seen Jesus use him in just powerful ways. And, but man, when he became a double amputee, the devil was just feeding him the lie that he was absolutely useless and that his life was not worth living. And he should probably think about ending his life. Really? And man, I'm, I was shocked to find out that the enemy had that inroad to him. You know what I mean? Cause you're going like, I see the strength in this guy. And we do that with each other all the time. We kind of want to make more out of each other's relationship with Jesus than we really do with our own, you know? And man, we're all just messed up, right? We're all mm -hmm. in such a such a need for Jesus. And mm -hmm. so, man, he was he didn't even say that to anybody. And things kind of came to a head at one point, and that information came out. But when he brought that into the light, that is when a deeper healing work began in him. Man, the Lord began to move. And but I, you know, if he had just kept that locked inside, man, he may he may have ended it. You know. I mean, but so the, the lyric from the title track of that song goes like this. When the light comes, darkness runs away and only what lives in the light can stay. When the light comes, there's nothing left to hide. So come out of the darkness and turn on the light, man. Wow. You know, in the light of his love, man, the light of his truth, the light of, I mean, a allowing him to see things the way they are. I mean, he already does see them. The Lord already sees them the way they are. But when we are willing to come out into the light, then man, he, man, he will do a work. There is freedom in the light. There is, there's healing in the light. There's restoration in the light, right? Amen. Yeah. Amen. So what's next up for you? You know, we're just kind of waiting around that there is a there is a rumor right now that we may get to play some shows in September and October. Um, a friend of ours from Awakening Events has been doing these uh, runs of shows that are in uh, little drive-in theaters. And so um, what's, what we're hoping is our, we have a good buddy named Zach Williams, man, who's just an amazing, amazing artist. And we may get to pair up together and go do some of these drive-in theaters. So come, maybe, maybe coming soon in a, in a drive-in near you. Get that's the popcorn so cool. and we can get the popcorn and Coke and we can worship wow, Jesus. Wow, that's yeah. absolutely great. That's great. Awesome. Mike, any last words for men? What would you want to say to men? Men... He loves you. Mm.
He loves you. 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 And anything you've ever been around in church, anything you've ever been around in church or around the Bible or around God things that you, you thought were that and you did not come away with that conclusion, we're something's, something's out of whack. You know what I mean? Something, something's out of order. Because even his correction, man, I'm telling you, even if he has to be harsh with you for a minute, it's only going to lead you to a greater understanding of his love, man. You so know? if you miss that, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. That's it. Mike, um, thank you so much for joining us today uh, on Legacy Lifters. Man, if you've never checked out Big Daddy Weave and their music, you got to go on and check it out. It's powerful. And not just for the music itself, but for the lyrics, which is the, just un incredible when you unpack it. So it's, and, and Redeemed is a must listen to. Please make it a point to listen to Redeemed if you've never heard it before, because it speaks to all men. And thank you for checking out Legacy Lifters. Visit LegacyMindedMen.org for great tools to help you grow as a man. Remember something, life is God's gift to you. The Christ-centered legacy you, you leave behind well, that's your gift back to him. May God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us.